Welcome to the Rugby Report Card. It is 2019, first one of the year. Uh, super excited about the uh, uh, year ahead. Uh, with me today is Blake. Hey. And uh, Jim. Hey. Uh, it's Richard. And we're here to talk about the the, uh, the Six Nations that happen overnight and obviously the, the Sevens for this weekend. Um, great weekend of rugby, boys. Yeah, and not to mention um, all the wheelings and dealings of the Super Rugby world and all the rumour mills going around about players going overseas, new tournaments, new international rumor tournaments. Mills. I don't think they're rumours, are they? Oh, it's some rumours? Yeah, some of them are being secured, but some rumours as well. I think we, we should really call them the talk of the town mm. rather than rumours. Yeah, why change now? Yeah, well, that's, that's who, are the, who are the rumours? Uh, well, Karevi's obviously not rumour. The one that's been... It's obviously been clarified, hasn't it? It's gone through million million bucks a year. I don't, has it gone through? Oh, maybe, maybe there is a rumor. I think it's just a rumor at this point. Well, how would we know if it's gone through or yeah, not? It's true. How yeah. would we be expected to know? <laughs> anyway, a million bucks <laughs> a year. His bank. No. Or his agent. Be, be pretty good to be his agent. Money, money. You just made a million, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. What <laughs> well, I don't think you get the full million. No, yeah. no you, you get a percentage. I don't know what percentage, though. No, no, no. I guarantee it's too much, whatever it is. What, 8%? You reckon 8%? No. It's 800 grand. Outrageous. No way. What? How no. bad a maths are you? Yeah. It's like 8 grand. Right. No, also incorrect. It's 80,000 grand. <laughs> 80,000 grand. That's wrong as well. <laughs> We're doing really well here. Really well. Oh, what a great start. That's that. Um, so, boys, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Sevens yesterday? We had a great day there. Or do you want to start with the Six Nations? Why don't we start with the Six Nations? Because that was World Cup quality. That, mm. that was... Yeah, I wasn't ready for it. I put it on. Just you know, it was a right. rugby game. 40 yeah, degrees outside. It's the middle of summer. And then, holy shit, we've got, like, World Cup finals quality rugby. Mm. The red carpet stadium. laid out. Some fucking old dude shaking hands. Who oh, was that? Throwing two anthems out there. Who was that dude? You know, shaking hands. Shaking everyone's hand. Doesn't matter. It's what it's all about. Do Prestige. They, they Monarch Island. Is he some royalty? Um, Monarch Island. I don't know, man. I'm asking, posing questions. <laughs> no, Ireland does not have a well, Monarch. Congratulations, Monarch. Richard. The Rose. The Rose got it done. Is he there, William Wallace or something? Sure. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it's, I think arguably probably the most impressive win in England in Eddie Eddie Jones's tenure probably as as England coach. Um, Bit the All Blacks once, didn't he? No, no, not no. under Eddie Jones. No. So um, obviously the, the the victory is is massive because going to Ireland and going to Aviva Stadium, as you know, is very hard to win. Um, Six th- years since anyone has beaten Ireland in Dublin. Yeah, it's, it's so it's the whole Schmidt reign, uh, which is incredible. The whole Sexton reign, like it's it's phenomenal. And and to win quite, I wouldn't say comfortably, but as, but again, the defence was outstanding. Tactical kicking, Tom Curran was was you know starting to look very good in a in a in a in the white shirt uh, at seven. So lots of really good signs. But I think as as one of you said before the game, it's it's probably the first time England have had I would say ninety percent of their first choice players all, all mm. fit and ready. Probably even more than ninety percent. Probably everybody's fit and who's we, missing from Apollo yeah, eight? Yeah, no, he that's played. it. No, no, his brother played. His brother, oh. Mako played in front row. But um, yeah, I think I think uh, if you took a, if you look at that team, it, it's starting to come together. Whereas recently, yeah, it's helped because it's got made the squad bigger and stronger and more depth. But it's the first time we've had that uh, to a laggy Slade partnership together. First time that back three for a long time that I can think of that the, that that's worked together. Noel, Slade, Daly, etc. So look, it's coming together. Well, which I think is, a which few really things good. came was massive in the game. Um, England's line speed, they didn't do that last year. They are legitimately fit. Their line speed blew Ireland's line speed out of the water. 
Mm. And if you think about what made Ireland great, it's their line speed. I think there was a stat early in the first half, dominant tackles, about when they haven't made the ad line. England had 15-odd, Ireland had none. Mm. Um, mm. And that was, that was for me, that was the game. It was I'd, England's I'd... consistent ability to get over the advantage line and their consistent ability to pressure Sexton and make Ireland not go forward. Yeah. I think it was I it was absolutely yeah. huge. Fuck, I thought I was going crazy for a second then. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, did I swore he played, man? Yeah, Billy Bonapolo did play. I did, yeah. he, did. Yeah, he did. He did play, so... Um, I remember last year us chatting about Ireland and just saying that they weren't anything fancy in attack. Their just ability to hold, hold the, ball the ball was yeah. fucking everything. And they weren't fancy in attack again, man, when they probably needed to be. When you're behind the play, like, sometimes it takes a little bit extra, especially when time's against you. And they never really looked like crossing England just with the fucking the most physical team. Just their defence. This is what I meant. The whole thing was built off that English defence. And that's modern rugby right now. Mm. And if that's where, and I hate to make this about the Wallabies, but that's where the Wallabies have missed a trick. They're focused on attack and attacking lines and pods and all this bullshit. Modern rugby right now is whoever has the better defensive line tends to win, minus your blokes. Um, but it, it even worked against them when you think about mm. the Lions' success and Irish' success. It's that line speed, and England's was phenomenal. You're calling that Lions' tour success now? You've turned. Well, no, I think I, I think they lost. <laughs> I don't think it was a draw, but I think even two ones a success. Um, and I think you called it. The two names you mentioned were what it was built off. Go forward ball to Willangi, Adline every time, and they went to him ridiculously, and it worked every why, single why, time. Why you, you know? And I think that's it. Forward, the it's over. You don't need Farrell and Ford. You yeah. need Tuolangi at 12. And I know it's not popular, but he's a 12, not a 13. Mm. And he needs to play 12 and run those crash ball lines. That's it. And mm. if he's out, T.O. plays 12. Mm. You never go back to Ford and Farrell. Forget it. Slade's great at 13. Made one or two errors. Made one or two freak tackles. Mm. Two tries um, at the end there. Yeah, he did, yeah. Well, one. I think he's, he's growing into that show. I don't think he's... He'd been in and out and been yeah, injured yeah. and stuff like that. So the more he plays... I think I agree with you because I think if... if uh, it's kind of like if, if Tuolang is now injured, you bring two in. If you, if Slade's injured, you bring, you bring a Jonathan Joseph or yeah, someone, yeah, someone else. Keep the know, like for keep... like. And that's the formula now for the back line. And then the other one, the missing piece, I think, for the last as long as I can remember for England, even when they had that real good season, they didn't have this, is, is it out and out seven. Yeah. And Curran, um, he was an idiot with the yellow card, yeah. um, but he, really, really good, over the ball as a genuine seven, and slowed Irish ball down. And, and that's what only, they did so well last year, Ireland. Their back row dominated, so they got quick ball. I mean, and he's only 20, you know, he's only yeah. better. Heaps young, he looks heaps young. Mm. Um, so I thought that was really, really impressive. And then the other place England won it was the line-out. If you look at Ireland's tries last year, so many of them were off that set piece, off that line out, and they disrupted Irish ball. Shut Even when Ireland down. won it, it wasn't clean, it was sloppy. Why was O'Brien on the bench? Is there any reason for that? Is someone out playing him? I don't know, sorry. No. I don't know why I turned to you for everything from north of the board. <laughs> <laughs> the other uh, thing, kicking as well, I think, uh, you know, um, for England, uh, a lot comes from Ben Young's tactical kicking as well. You know, his, his placement is great. And I think still think, I still think Conor Murray outkicked him. Oh, uh, yeah, He's but I'm just... Freak. He is, Murray but I'm just saying for England's tactics moving forward, I think that, that helps as well as the defence as well. And I think for Ireland, um, the, what they did phenomenal was they've still got the best discipline in the world. I think they'd conceded after 60 minutes two penalties. Um, and that wins your games of rugby. If you win the penalty count, you normally win. They kept their discipline up until maybe the last 10, 15 when they started to get a bit more frantic. Um, but their ability to stay disciplined is so, so impressive. Um, but I think what my concerns are for Ireland is two things, really. Everyone knows what they're doing now. Mm. They revealed their blueprint last year, and it's that old cliche that they peaked early. 
but you know what you're getting when you play Ireland. Connor Murray tactical kicking, not Sexton, so you can pressure the nine. You put him in tricky spots. It's hard for him to tactical kick. Mm. And Sexton not running it himself, looking for runners just off his shoulder. Mm. And if you can get that line sped up, I don't know. It, I feel like Ireland have revealed their hand. Yeah. Um, you have to do a lot right to beat them. They yeah, were still incredibly disciplined. They were still incredibly accurate. One game, you might be going a bit too quick on the jump of the gun. I don't know why. I, might, I know a wise I... man once said that um, setbacks were setups for comebacks. So oh, oh, shit. this could be a big thing for the Irish. <laughs> you want me to say something else controversial? Sexton, well played the year last year. No debate. Got, Look, got outplayed by Aaron Farrell. Looked old. Looked fragile, oh, looked old, oh, old looked slow. And that's a fucking ridiculous comment. I'm sure he ripped in club rugby. He was World Player of the Year last year. I'm sure next week he'll be best on park again. But he just looked a bit old to me. He didn't look up to the physicality, um, which is something he's always done. He's always just taken the hits and bounced back. I think he dropped a ball off one when one Farrell hit him once. Mm. I don't know. It's controversial. I'm sure I'll bounce back. Is that, the, um, is that the Six Nations done now? Like, who's no beating England? Well, I've watched both the other games, man. None of them. Yeah, you can't just say that. Well, I've said it. I've do, you know how tough, do you know how tough it is to win? Uh, you won the on the road against the challenging... The, the, the champs. The champs. But this is like first game up. They how fucking British is he? Yeah. No, no, you reckon Wales are going to do he's it? Had two ga- Who do you think's going to do it? They've had two weeks to, to plan for it. You know, this is the game. Yeah, absolutely. But they got next. You've got you've got to understand that England have England have messed this up before in the in the next in the game. I fucking hope they mess it up again. Although I bet on them last night, I thought that fifteen that they named mm-hmm. was enough to get it done. But I do hope they fucking lose. Now. They got it done. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there on Wales, the, on the twenty twenty third night. It's a, it's a Principality or Millennium Stadium, whatever you want to call it now. That that that's the next big game. Tell you what, that'll oh, be. By the way, next week is France, and I'm not saying that'll be. A <laughs> you skipped that one, did you? Yeah. That'll be a phenomenal Six Nations win if you beat, win it by beating Ireland and Wales away. Hmm. You know, if you win it the year you got them at home, okay. You win it the year you got them away, that's Hmm. pretty sharp. Yeah, you're a good team. And I'm going to put it out there. Scotland coming to Twickenham last game, they will want to be the party. If we get to that stage, they'll want to be the party poopers, I'm sure. Hmm. And they look rusty against Italy, but I guess in six weeks' time, they're a different team. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Um, I thought that... And it's nice not having a dog in the fight because you can just enjoy the game. I thought it was rough. Can I just say, you have a dog in the fight. Anyone who's playing England. No, but I bet on England. So I was torn. I was okay with losing my money to see you lose. But I was happy to win. Never betray the Rays. You did yesterday, mate. Never betray the Rays. You did yesterday. (laughs) Never dream of it. Um, But I thought it was really, really well refed. And watching it as impartial, it was really awesome to watch. The game really flowed. There was Mm. barely... Any penalties, few scrum resets, the game just flowed, which is testament to the players' quality. Yeah. To not drop the ball and keep the skill up. I thought that's where Ireland... Well, they're in season. Yeah, they are. In, and I guess for me, it feels... You're not quite conditioned be. to seeing people drop it. <laughs> we are very conditioned <laughs> to see people drop it. I thought Ireland um, didn't maximise their scrum domination. Hmm. They were superior at every scrum, but they are happy to just get it out. Um, if I was Ireland and I was struggling at line-out time, I would have made a statement about the scrum because mm. Healy and Furlong are fucking on another level mm. not not quite as good as uh, as the South African prop though no no who's your mate Jim Kitchener or whatever his name is he's no Kirchhoff it's the off season man Kitchkov Kitchkov Kitsoff 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 he's breakout year breakout years yeah righto Jim jumping over quickly to the Scotland Italy game um, I thought Italy showed a bit of fight here. I thought they were. They just did. They did better than over. I was expecting. Yeah. 
Because Scotland are on the match. Yeah, it, it is. But I think it's probably one of those things where Scotland go into that game and um, the 20 probably flatters it a little, Italy a little bit because they obviously scored the final 13 points. Mm. It just shows that. hard. It does show hard. But it probably the, the scoreline was probably not a true reflection. Of yeah, the shows shallow lungs in the Scotsman. Is what it shows. <laughs> shallow um, lungs. And then we go over to France-Wales and France's ability to shoot themselves in both feet. I mean, how... Literally handed the game. To Imagine us. being a Frenchman at that game, man. It would have been fucking the best shit, and then just. Oh god, it would have hurt because Wales are fucking legit at the minute. Yeah. And and France had them beat. Yeah. Had them beat. Um, I think Warren Gatlin, a really like quite a little bit arrogant, but he just said we've forgotten how to lose. It's not a little bit arrogant. It's that's very arrogant. <laughs> but I did like it though. It's that and good teams have that. Yeah, oh, and completely. you see the All Blacks like they they might be struggling at the 60th minute and they're like, oh fuck, with the All Blacks. Seems a stretch, man. Seems a stretch, doesn't it? I reckon that that mentality is everything. And it's like mm. the Wallabies and say it even if you don't believe it, then people start believing it. Yeah, I just think yeah, like Australian Super Rugby times teams have forgotten how to win last year. Yeah, it was no matter what position they were in, they were like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to make sure we lose it. Uh, I see some truth in forgetting how to win, but forgetting how to lose. No, it's the same thing, but it's fucking stupid. No, I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I reckon Wallabies in their prime, Eels and Kefu and Rogers and, you know, like last-minute wins. Cricket. I don't know if we're ever as good as a team that forgets No, no but I think in that those few years where we stole the bladder slow, I think we didn't like even deserve that, to win. I like the fact that you didn't even deserve to win. You just said stolen it. Yeah, we, <laughs> we nicked it in the last minute because we forgot how to lose. Mm, forgot, they forgot how to lose, Richard. Oh, sorry. Something you Brits never never have. Oh. oh except that one I'm year. disrespectful to the uh, Rose never, again, should we jump over to the rugby sevens then? And uh, well, do you want to make, you know, do you want to do predictions at the end of this? Little yeah, well, uh, predictions at the end, end of the podcast. We're fucking with the format. I'm sorry, one. boys. I'm sorry. It's wild. Um, so we had the the pleasure of going out to the Sydney Sevens yesterday, which is t- actually right now it's on um, the the Sunday of the Sydney Sevens. Mm. So we're recording this before we know who wins it. Uh, but we had the pleasure of going out yesterday, and um, no, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yesterday. We also had the pleasure of doing some interviews. Yeah, I think it was. I, I thoroughly enjoyed the day. Like the, in terms of the the crowd, the atmosphere, particularly for the Fiji games and the Australian games, the crowd got really into it, uh, which made the uh, the games really exciting. Um, some of the, uh, the the athletes, which I'm going to call them athletes rather than rugby players, are just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know, what? just like the Americans, uh, American winger, the the Frenchman. It was just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Like yeah. the steps and just pure. Pure pace over those couple of meters, and then continue to accelerate out of it is just unreal. And we and we had the luxury to see the bodies in the flesh. Of yeah, like, that's what something we, like that requires. Because we were cruising around the backstage. Yeah, we were catching them post showers on the way back Jesus to the team room. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I felt inadequate. <laughs> I think my body's not the same. Yeah, and I think I exercised quite a bit. I went to the gym for three hours this morning. I'm, I'm yeah. I don't know how you get your body like that, man. I think it's running. Yeah, no, I won't be doing that. Yeah, I won't be doing any running. <laughs> Don't put it out looking at them. It's definitely not running. It looks a bit like running. They're very fit, Richard. You're Fucking, saying they're not fit? I'm saying they're very fit, but <laughs> their body is not done by marathon running. There's some serious... Uh, well, I mean like sprinting. Running is pretty same thing. But there's definitely lots of plyometric work there. Yeah, lots yeah, of... Absolutely. All right, all right. speech again. I've heard that a couple of times the last two days. Oh, dear. Anyway, shredded. Jesus Christ, what I would do. 
So it was sort of, I think for, for rugby, at least for us, but for all of Australian rugby, it's the launch of the rugby season because mm. it's just out before Super Rugby starts. The Sevens, we've tried it in Adelaide, we tried it in the Gold Coast, it's been at the SFS. Obviously, that's getting renovated. You know, fuck classrooms, renovate that. Um, so it was out at Spotless this year. How, how do you guys reckon it went as a launch? I know I went into it a bit cynical, travelling out to Homebush, um, but my opinion was largely changed. I, I think it was a pretty good event. What do you guys think? I'll, I'll say, as an event as a whole, I think they can probably do better. I think one of you made the point yesterday, there is so much extra on than, than just the rugby, which I think they could have where they could have pushed and got more there. Um, I still, I'm not... They didn't push until the day. All the Aussie 7's, like, live feed and stuff was fucking Lily Pad doing a DJ set or whatever. Lily Tiger. Yeah. Tiger Lily. Well, yeah. It's close Lily <laughs> Tinkerbell Pad. doing a DJ set. Um, also, it's an AFL ground, so you're a little bit further away. But I don't want to be the doomsday on the first one. I think it is... Here he is. Here he's British. Fucking north doomsday. of the border. <laughs> doomsday. Um, I, as a whole, I think Watch it's... Watch out, Superman. Richard's here. <laughs> Missed you, boys. Like, you know, tonight. <laughs> um, that's a Superman reference. Get it out. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to carry on. Go for it. Let me know when you're done, boys. Um, as a whole, though, look, it's it's got to only get better. It's got to get better with the success of today with the Sunbeamer. I think the atmosphere was really good. Oh, I just have seen it regress for a couple of years now, though. Like I went to the Sydney. We went to the Sydney Seven Sixteen in 2016 at the SFS and I thought that was a gun day it was my first sevens experience but in terms of like people dressing up and the carry on and the flow of laughter like it was still there but it just was once or twice removed yeah, I, I'm going to disagree. I think Fiji fans are awesome. Kenyan fans are awesome. But I, think... I reckon there's more diversity in 16. Here it was just Fijians everywhere. Yeah, Kenya had their own little base, but there was no one running around knocking about in a Wallaby jersey. There was no one knocking about in a... I feel you, but I reckon that's the, the pullback from Homebush. Like, if, if we hadn't organised this, it's a long way to travel out. You can't kick on a party out at Homebush, can you? No, Whereas yeah. the SFS... Is... Oh. Can I just say, on the train back, well, there was a party in our carriage, wasn't there? <laughs> there was. Nice I'd actually like to put that in the census, um, what's everyone think about travelling out to Homebush, because we say it a lot, but there's no stats to back it up. Mm. Yeah, I don't because like it. I hate it. God, I loathe it. But people do it. Um, but with that, I think the, the quality of football was awesome. Yeah, I think, yeah. Um, I think, so. I think, I think the, it was better than food, two years ago, too. The stalls, I think the people out there, I think everyone was having a ball. Mm. Um, and uh, having uh, my old man involved with Deaf Rugby, knowing the ARU was letting them sell programs to make a profit. I think there was some good community stuff going on. There yeah, was they let us behind the scenes too. There was also money going into grassroots every time the Australian side scored a try, although Dylan, who we're with, had a theory that grassroots is a company that the ARU have set up, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're just funneling the money into there. It's a lawnmower I wouldn't company, put it past eh? him. Wouldn't put it past <laughs> yeah. him. Um, but I actually think it was uh, really, really good vibes, and I think... I don't know, there's something really, really good about it, but it's an <laughs> AFL ground. So Just some eastern suburbs landscaping yeah. <laughs> Grassroots. Phase <laughs> of the Christmas party at the end of the year. <laughs> um, so I'd like to see where that money actually goes. That's funny. Um, I think the footy was sick. Sevens is fun. I think what surprised me the most um, was seeing the reaction of the players after. I've always had this opinion that the circuit the sevens is sort of like a traveling circus like if you're on it you're a really good football player but maybe you're still quite young or maybe you weren't quite good enough to make it so that's your lot you get to travel you get to go to all these sick countries and this party comes to town 
and I, I just had no idea what it meant to the players. Mm. Watching them come off and watching them with tears in their eyes when they're a six to one underdog. The female French team when they lost, mate. God, just the just angry. the passion mm. and listening to the players before they went on and seeing the huddles. They fucking put it on the line mm. every game, mm. every pool game. It means everything to them. And I think that, that really impressed me from the training, the athleticism to the passion. I don't know, give gave me a newfound belief. Obviously, I know the Olympics is like that with the sevens, but to see it just a round-robin pool game, to see the heart the heart that they played with mm. was inspiring. So, mm. so I think just to echo that, but also the physicality of that breakdown, a lot of people have this perception that the sevens is like that, that fancy down, let's throw it all around, avoid contact kind of stuff. But that the, the pure physicality of that breakdown was yeah, it's big. It's still it's big. ferocious as yeah, well. Full on, eh? Yeah, absolutely. you got these big, big guys who are just hitting each other, clearing out, getting so low. It's just, it's a, great, it's a really good game. And then I thought... um and we knew this, but I think right now sevens is the pinnacle of women's rugby. Mm. Um, it's got more publicity than the fifteens, and they are amazing. Like we've got to watch the best of the best play yesterday in the women, and I am pumped for the final tonight, Australia versus New Zealand. Um, I think Australia looked real, real good, but they got some injuries. That New Zealand team looked fucking yeah. outstanding. Mm. Yeah, they're good. Uh, but but it, I love the the. the, the the diversity in the women's game as well. You look at all those different nations, you know, varying quality. China are quality. That's why you've got China, you've got Spain, you've got all these things. PNG. Yeah, which is great. You know, I don't know, um, we want to widen the game and then the Olympics have done that to make it a more global game. But just the level of, of, of multiple teams has just mm. risen significantly since um, I've watched it a few years ago. I guess the inclusion of it at the Olympics allows it to have access to more funds Funding. to that yeah. stuff. And I think one thing for me, I just love that Australia's superstar playmaker best feet on the bloody ground is an indigenous player long bottoms a gun mate and mm. watching him play was sick mm. um, i really really enjoyed that um well we we got to do interviews for the first time we pretended like we were real legit media um yeah. how did you find that experience yeah no, was, uh, i enjoyed i uh, interviewed the uh, the fijian coach let's be honest it was the first time yeah, done, we've it? never criticized yeah. him so it's easy <laughs> it's fine <laughs> Uh, still nervous, kind of. Uh, I, I was very much. He was. He was kind of like, please answer the, the way that you want to answer. Just ignore the question. Um, but he was really good. He was like thoroughly enjoyed listening to him. And um, yeah, more nerve wracking than I thought. But good fun. Very good fun. Mm. I won't give too much away because obviously we'll listen. You can listen to it yeah, after I'm, this. Yeah, I'm sympathetic to all the Gregan stuttering now. Yeah, it's no, quite no. hard. It's definitely <laughs> stuttering. No, and I think for us it was a bit of an identity crisis because. I think what we like about this podcast is just speaking our mind, mm. not being part of the boys' club, not owing anyone anything. But when you see it's their jobs and the passion that they put on... Yeah, you see the tears flow. And you look at it in their face, it's fucking very hard to mm. to ask anything too, yeah. Yeah. too deep. But oh, I loved the experience, and um, hopefully we get to do a little bit more of it. Yeah, I, no. I think the longer form would be more interesting when it turns into a bit of a conversation. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Um, How did you find the experience, Jim? Yeah, look, it was a bit shallow, like in terms of you just stick to the questions they always get asked and they give you the answers they always give, which no, is great and it's insightful, but I didn't expect it to be anything more than that and that's why the longer version, that's what you want to do. Mm. That's what you want to break them down and find out how the fuck they felt five years ago when they dropped the ball in the grand final and that shit. And you're mm. not going to ask them that straight after a game when they're clearly mm. hurting. Well, we also we had um, Hugh Roach this week as well. And that was, we had a, who's again, really nice guy. I definitely think uh, for us, a bit longer interview. Yeah, that was, was a good one. He uh, got to chat about a few things. So hopefully he has a good season as well. So 
um, with him in the Rebels. He'll find it tough, I think, to play this year because there's so many good hookers down there. But he said he's thriving on the um, on the competition. So well, move, moving forward from this, you can even um, post anyone listening what the hell they want to find out from them, questions to ask. Them yeah, if there's if there's anything you want us to, if we're lucky enough to have another interview, because then we can blame you. Yeah, Our fans yeah. want to know. I'm yeah. not interested. No. Uh, I don't, I don't <laughs> care that you were bumming around last week. But the fans have asked. <laughs> we need what to are you follow up to rectify that. Well, yeah. we might um we might throw it there to some of our some of our interviews. Mm. Um, throw it. Have a listen. See what you think. Yeah. All right. Uh, the rugby report card, boys. We're here at the rugby sevens, all the way out at fucking Homebush. The... Oh, this is like the, this is our first away day. It's pretty exciting. Very clean here, very spotless. There's not any rubbish anywhere. Mm, no, I wonder what they should name this stadium. Jim? That's not what I was driving at. I was just, it's very clean, very very happy to be here. Yeah, so welcome. So we're here, we're actually doing our first uh, out and about, which we're going to try and do a lot more of this year in the World Cup year. So the plan, boys, what's the plan for the day? Um, I'm actually really excited to uh, just watch some rugby. It's been a while. I feel like it's been ages to, uh, down here. I'm excited to see the uh, Aussie boys on, uh, and, and girls on uh, home soil uh, following up from last week. So I'm um, also always really excited to see the Fijians, obviously winning last week. So, yeah, looking forward to the day, really. Jim, what are, what are the plans for us? What are we up to today? Why did we come all the way out to fucking Homebush? Well, selfishly, I'd like to stand next to a few professional athletes just to see how far I actually was from the mark. Jim, um, quite far. Yeah, those Fijians are big boys, aren't they? Very big boys. Yeah, they're big boys. But, nah, look, uh, hoping to chat to a few currents and a few pasts, as in, like, players. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's if they're willing. I shaved for the fucking event, and I hope they do. He didn't shave. Um, but more importantly, we are, we've actually lined up a couple of interviews. We don't know what that looks like. We don't know what we're in for. Um, and watch us shit our pants and just be overly polite in all those interviews because we are incredibly grateful for anyone who's sort of given their time to talk to us three idiots. Yeah, it's definitely going to be no swearing either. It's the first podcast interview ever, I think. Yeah. P's and Q's will be minded quite tightly. But we are very, very grateful for those people. And, um, well, I guess next time you hear us talking about this, we will have done the interviews and we'll probably be paying each other out about them. Anything else to add for the day, boys? Nah, not really. There's some couple of crazy characters over there. Let's go see what they're doing. All right, cool. Well, I'm here with Shannon Parry. Um, we're down at the beach at the Rugby Seven. So how are you going? Yeah, it's a great atmosphere down here at Spotless. It's the first year it's been here, but it's fantastic to see the crowd. is really getting amongst, and the girls had a great win there to set themselves up for tomorrow. So looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, two things on that. One, Spotless, what do you think? I've been out to the SFS just as a punter. Um, had a ball. Yep. Spotless is, is pretty cool. What, what do you think of it so far? Yeah, it's definitely got a different vibe to that of Allianz because the spectators are a little bit further back. Um, but I think it's a great home to make it for the next this year and next year. So it's great to see so many of the spectators out here. And hopefully tonight when the Aussie boys kick off again, there's a, a packed house. Yeah, the crowd was going pretty good for the girls then. How are they looking, you reckon, for tomorrow? And what do you reckon the impact of a three-day tournament, just playing one game, is going to have on them? Yeah, it's um, definitely a different format that we've used to. Um, last year we played three games, two games, one game, so it's very different. Um, but the girls actually picked up very well after a disappointing loss to America last night. So they're in really good shape, so they need to come out with their A game tomorrow. Um, but they're in a really good position um, with their semi-final as well. 
Yeah, and for you personally, I've never spoken to an Olympic gold medalist. So for us, we do a rugby report card. It's just a podcast. Tell us a bit about that. What was the buzz? What was the vibe? What was that year like? Tell us a little bit. Yeah, the 15-16 um, season was a phenomenal season. We got Crown World Series champions for the first time. And to then back it up after that and claim the Olympic gold medal was a, a very... I guess amazing experience and being in Rio we were very much oblivious to how the I guess Australian public embraced us so we were over there and we came back 30 days later and it was still a fresh news yeah. story and it was just phenomenal the way I think the progression of women's rugby has been off that we've got a lot more pathways now off the back of that success and you know we saw a great crowd out here today which is fantastic to see them supporting women's rugby as well. Awesome. Well, that's a, I like pathways because we're all school teachers and we coach oh, rugby I'm teams. As well. there you go. What do you What do you teach? Um, I used to teach PE and geography before I, I came down here and became a full time athlete. Wicked, my sister's a PE teacher. I'm a history teacher and a terrible geography <laughs> teacher when I have to teach it. Um, how How was How are those pathways growing for girls and for young boys? Because I went to a private school. There's so many opportunities to be a rugby player. Teaching in a public school, it's like pulling teeth. So tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I guess for us now, we're very fortunate enough with the Sevens. We obviously have the Nationals and, and Club Sevens as well, but we've got the Aon University Seven Series, which is a direct pathway um, for players to get picked up and play in the national women's team. A girl that came through that, um, Sammy Traherne, she's playing here this weekend, but a direct link through that way. And then for 15s, we've got the Club 15, so they just play around their clubs around Australia. And now you've got the Super W, which is a big tournament that kicked off last year. Um, and then from there, it's straight to the Wallaroos. So for a young girl, for us, it's very clear now there's a pathway to how you actually get there and I guess for me I was lucky I picked up the sport at 18 but there are kids now that as young as 8 and 10 girls that have their own comp now which is very exciting and it's really pleasing that the hard work and success we've been able to put on the field has you know, branched out into the community rugby as well. So on that, what was your pathway up until 18s? How did, how did you, why did you make the transition and what were your core skills to, to have the skills to transfer over? Yeah, for me it was um, tennis and hockey growing up, so nothing to do with rugby, although my brother played it and my dad played it and I went to the local footy club one night and went to pick up my brother and he introduced me to two girls that were playing rugby and I didn't know that women's rugby existed, so they sort of jokingly said, oh, you should come down to training and I said, oh, nah, I'm okay, I'm good and... I went and got a text message the next uh, Wednesday and my brother came and picked me up and said, oh, you're going to the footy train with the girls that look after you. So I went down there and had no footy boots or anything like that, but they embraced me so much that I absolutely loved it. So I was too young that year and then um, the year after I was 18 and old enough to play. So I, so I went in and jumped in and that was uh, 2008. So just over 10 years now I've been playing the sport and it's taken me amazing, amazing places around the world, Olympic gold medals, Com Games, so it's a, a fantastic sport to be involved in. Yeah, I was going to say five years later, Olympic gold medalist, yeah. how incredible. That, last question then, I don't want to take up too much of your time, what's that life like, travelling around the world, Vegas, Hamilton, it always changes, what, what, what is that like, I can't even contemplate, what's the life of a sevens player like? Yeah, it's very different to that of being a teacher, like what I was before at an amateur level. Um, it's a it's a dream job, to be honest. To be a full-time professional athlete, you get looked after um, with your medical side of things, you get to travel the world and you get paid to do it. So we can solely commit to it, and I'm a strong believer, and that's why we've had such a, a strong success. Is we've, we don't have to teach, we don't have to do other jobs on the side. I'm fully focused on rugby day in, day out, and I can put my best foot forward on the field. How do you stay? Last question. I know I said that a bit last time. How do you stay in shape? I take a week off park cricket. I'm stuffed <laughs> trying to bowl the next week. How, how do you stay in shape to, to do this constantly? The level you guys play at is 
it's absurd. I'm tired watching it. Yeah, it is a very um, physically and mentally challenging sport, that's no doubt. And, and games like these, and when it's a little bit hotter, it obviously tests you as well. So for us, we're full-time Monday to Friday, um, and obviously we're often playing on the weekend. So we've got a great team down at Rugby Australia that looks after us in a high-performance unit. So pretty much Monday, Wednesday, Friday are full days. So that's like 7 to 5. Um, Tuesday's a half day, which is in the morning. And then Thursday's a day to, to study or get a bit of extra work if you need a bit of extra work. Um, it's sort of a... You know, a personal day that you can do whatever you'd like to do. So it keeps us busy, but it also keeps us out of trouble, which is good. Awesome. That's so fascinating to do that. Thank you so much for taking time. Really appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you, Gareth. Richard, thank you so much for giving up your time today. It's really, really appreciate it. Um, first things first, how does it feel to, this is obviously back-to-backs, um, how's the players prepared, obviously, from obviously Hamilton last weekend? Has it been difficult winning, obviously, that tournament last week? Has it been difficult to get the players up again or um, and prepared physically for today's game? Um, I would say it's been, it's been difficult. Obviously, you're always watching for those red flags that come up in the week to give you an indication that you're possibly not where you're at. Um, we had a couple of sickness bugs through two of the players but they, they've they come through uh, so they did less work during the week um, but we talked about it straight after the victory in Hamilton what we needed to do this week the players know what, what the job is it's a two week job wherever you go anyway um, you know we know that there's points at stake in every tournament that we're playing in so we've got to be able to operate at that level and that all comes down with the preparation you put in you know, back in Fiji, but certainly in the last week, and being smart with what we do rather than just running them around on a rugby field for the sake of it. You know, um, six games this weekend, six games last weekend, and you know that's tough to, for any individual. But certainly when the competition is this high, yeah, absolutely. And and, and as, as things change, because obviously to, tomorrow's supposed to be really hot with 30 degrees, and today is obviously raining outside. Does that change your preparation in between games? Because um, obviously you've done all the preparation work, but in between um, games, does it change tactics and strategy as well? Yeah, you'd have some slight changes in tactics. You know, when the weather comes in, there's certain things that, uh, by the law of physics, you can't do. And when it's this wet, um, I've, I've seen some of your players. They yeah. can. <laughs> well, yeah, um, not all the time. But uh, look, we do get a lot of rain in Fiji as well, so yeah. we're, we're quite used to training in the rain. And you know, I encourage them to keep thinking in the same direction. You know, for these young men, I think there's uh, obviously you've seen some of the stuff that they can do. And you know, come rain or shine, then you know I want them to keep keep with that mentality. I know not always that it'll pay exactly how I want it to pay, and for us. But um, you know, we just we stick to the standards that we set as a group. And you know what? On, on occasions, it's a sport, and if an opposition is able to get over the top of you, so be it. Um, but it's not from chopping and changing everything you do. It's just with the fact that they've got it right on that day. So um, we focus very much on ourselves and delivering the standards that we do. Slight tactic changes because of weather or recovery, uh, but nothing major. Now, we're actually called the Rugby Report Card, so we actually, we're a bunch of actually school teachers as well as working uh, the, all the, the seven circuits. Is there one thing that you would say to kids in terms of um, to work on particularly to be a great sevens player? Play as many sports as you possibly can. Yeah. Tennis, golf, rugby, football, netball, volleyball, whatever you can, because you see out there, it's a, well, I love it, it's an amalgamation of all of those sports rolled into one hand-eye coordination, spatial awareness, movement speed, uh, dynamism, you know, the whole thing that goes into other sports is played there in 14 minutes. And I think that's why it's so successful for, for viewers, but also, you know, the type of athletes that you get in crossover especially. So, yeah, my advice would be go out there, play as many sports as you can and enjoy them. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you.
Hello, James here with Emma Sykes from the Aussie Girls Sevens team. Um, big home win on the spotless surface. How does it feel with the home crowd? I mean, it was very good having um, that atmosphere out there. It definitely lifted us up um, when we were playing and it was good that everyone was vocal and loud. Um, you definitely feel that energy when you're out there playing at home. Um, noticed uh, it was a quite physical game against the French uh, and this tournament for you goes over three days. So you just got the one game today and then tomorrow you come back from the semis and the finals. Is that something you see as an advantage? Um, it's definitely an advantage, I guess. We have a lot of time to rest and recover. Um, teams that, um, I guess, are on a roll, it, it's a different day tomorrow, so everybody comes out on a new platform. But, yeah, we definitely knew that coming up against the French um, is going to be very physical, um, especially after yesterday against USA when we fell short. Um, they were very physical to us, so we knew that we had to come out here um, this morning and be very physical back, and um, it showed out there that we were up for the challenge. Definitely. What's the next 24 hours look like for you? Um, it's eat, get some sleep, recover, um, and definitely just stay in the mind of um, finals footy. Yeah, do you stay around and support the male team? Um, we'll probably watch from home. We don't want to be out in the sun and all of that sapping our energy too much. So, yeah, we'll definitely watch from home and support yeah. at our hotel, but um, we'll try and stay indoors and rec rest and recover as much as possible. Yeah. It's looked like a slippery surface out there as well today. Did you notice that, and did you have to alter your game plan coming into this one as a result? Um, after last night's performance when it was very wet and slippery because it was raining, we knew that coming out today that it was going to be the exact same, but it actually wasn't too bad when we were out there playing. Um, it had dried up a little bit, which was good after last night's um, wet conditions. It was tough, um, but yeah, we definitely had a game plan in, in store for um, if it was tough when we went out there um, with the wet conditions. Yeah, awesome. Thanks heaps for chatting to us and good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Let's go, England. In the minority. Let's go. Richard speaking to the Fijians. Excuse me, sir. As an Englishman, I'm worried for my chances. Do you agree with my uh, assumption that we are going to lose massively? Of course. Uh -huh. Score prediction? Um, five prize to Fiji, two to England. Oh. Thank you for being nice, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. The, uh, the videos and again as we said before well videos what am I talking about you're drunk man yeah it's like 2.12 in the afternoon I'm taking these keys off thanks man. can you drive me home thanks man uh, yeah so the interviews we're actually should we now actually talk about Super Rugby new season which said talk of the town so a couple of changes do you want to talk mm. about players that have moved first officially into the new squad before that can I just say I'm fucking pumped because I, f I love Super Rugby in a World Cup year I actually think it's diluted because it just doesn't have the money of the other competitions. But in a World Cup year, the pull of the jersey keeps most of your players in your country. And if you think about it, the fucking quality in South Africa, Australia, and New Zealand right now, fuck the other two. Uh, Pumas, they're legit. Um, but I, I just love it. I'm, I'm very, very pumped. I'm not disillusioned yet. And I know all it'll take is two rounds of Australian teams losing by 40, and I will be. But until that happens, I am up and about, and the squads but look great. I'm up and about the Super Rugby. I'm excited about this year, but I am every year. But I get disillusioned hmm. by about hmm. round three or four. So, But we're not there yet, so no, let's just go. No one fucking sucks hype up more than me, man. I love it. <laughs> Anything that's like spruiking the fact that they might be better than last year, I'm all about it. And I, can I say full credit to the fucking Rebels social media team? Mm. They, and the Reds have done some awesome ads too. Brumbies as well, actually. 
Yeah, they're the camping and shit, not so much. Um, but I think the Rebels have done an awesome job, and even for us, so contacting them. Just, just to them. clarify, so everyone but the Tars? Yeah, nothing, mate. They've just done nothing. Just wanted they, to they just that. apologised for signing Carmichael. And making yeah. you pay $180 for a shirt. And yeah. then wrote to people, hey, by the way, we haven't actually got the tickets ready. Yeah, for, for first the first game. game. Or your hat. Or the lanyard. Or the lanyard. <laughs> All they did was fucking Falau's brother picked him up from training one day, and he like, played touch with him for a bit. Yeah, and then fucking everyone knows now. That's uh, it's all the marketing. Oh, I actually think the Tars have dropped the ball here because they're the ones that have signed the big names. Whether they're as good, but Carmichael and Adam Ashley Cooper. That's that's the fucking story. Are they, they is that bums on seats? Yes, mate. No, I think it's no, it is. two it dads is. is past it. I, I just, no, 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 no. Incorrect because they haven't sold it at all. I think it's not bums on seats. I think it is two dads wants another shot at a World Cup, and he wants to live in New South Wales because that's where he lives. And so he, he was willing to sign for a decent price to give it a fucking red hot go. Carmichael was told to leave Queensland. And I just don't reckon he's worth that much money right now. Just, it's just to clarify, it just was the club. It wasn't the whole state, yes? What do you mean? You said he was told to leave Queensland. Get out. Right? Just the whole well, state. No, he, he, Brad just, Thorne for that. And I think just to, walk to the border. To criticise Brad Thorne. Brad dropped him then. <laughs> just dropped him. So Carmichael said it was the first time Brad Thorne ever spoke to him about it. And it wasn't until Carmichael asked, am I in your plans for this year, that he said no. And he said, well, that was when I knew I had to get on the phone. He said, I could have just kept getting paid. They had no plans to stop paying me. Mm. But and you I think spoke that, to my manager and said, volumes. I want to be playing rugby. Oh, it speaks volumes to what Brad Thorne's trying to do. But I think that explains not, why... Not communicate. That's a shit go. That is a shit go. But I think the, the bad culture and blah, blah, blah. But what I think it speaks volumes about is it's not bumps on seats. Carmichael needed a club. Because he wants to be in the mm. World Cup plans. You reckon Quaid was just sitting for a year straight with his phone on loud, just waiting, waiting for someone to call. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> Brad's <What's> doing. <laughs> um, I tell you what. Well, should we start with the Reds then? Sure. Um, I've, the fucking ads have got me hooked. But I tell you what, this is make or break for Brad Thorne. You've pissed yeah. off James Slipper. You've pissed off Quaid Cooper. You've pissed off Carmichael Hunt. You've lost Parise. You're losing all, Karevi. All because of Karevi's money. The others are culture. Um, all because of your culture now. If are they culture? it works. Oh, right, culture, that's what you're saying. If it um, works. You drugs. No, I'm a drugs. <laughs> How's Carmichael? I've got I'm to I'm get away from drugs, so I'll just go to the eastern suburbs, suburbs in Sydney. Yeah. They don't do any of it yeah, there. None. 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 Absolutely clean. none. Yeah, they're doing casual work yeah. at grassroots. Yeah. <laughs> Is that that company again? Him and Slipper have split up different states, man. <laughs> but uh, what I'm thinking for Brad Thorne is this is make or break, isn't it? If, if it works, he's a visionary. And team culture is make or break, and those players fighting and dying for that jersey. Dude, if it works, he'll be coaching the Wallabies next Fuck year. Fuck yeah, he will. But if next it doesn't year. work, see you, mate. Like, that's some serious egg on your face. I just, do they have the names? Do they have the talent? Can you bring a squad together like that? Can he? He's never done it. They don't have the, the, the superstars, I'd say Tong and Thor and Karevi, but they have some fucking good players, the rest of the team. The Reds are a decent side, but I, they do not have those those go-to no. international out-and-out 15 players. Mm. Who's their um, 10? Well, that Parker uh, fella? No, who was it last year? Fuck, I've done a hey, Hamish Stewart? Yeah, Hamish Stewart. I'll tell you, you what, he's growing, but he's certainly not a world-class 15, but he's growing. He's comparable. Um, 19 will be, nine will be Serevi, I imagine. Mm. He's starting to look yeah. real good. Karevi in the centres. I mean, there's a lot of talent there in that Queensland side, but they don't have those out-and-out stars. Mm. Um, let's say 
you signed, you kept players, and you kept Slipper, you kept Gill. It'll be hot Clay, against kept the domestic comp. Will be hot. It's yeah. a hot domestic comp. Although I'm, I don't know. I'm interested to see if the Reds come together. I think their tight five will be a fucking menace. Um, it'll be really, really interesting to see what they can do. Um, they just need to. They just need to show a bit, and the trials are a little concerning. Mm. They lost to a pretty weak Rebel side. Mm. You can't read too much in the trials. I was just about to say that, especially if you're playing thirds or whatever it might be, you like that, you know, or different periods. I think you you over analyze trials. The first game of the season is going to be the, is the yardstick. To see how they turn them. Because yeah. I think for them, if they're gonna if they're going to do anything, they have to start well and they have to get on that roll. If they start poorly, then it will just snowball. Who's um who's their first encounter? Do we know? Um, we know the Tars are playing the Hurricanes. Yeah, so the Reds actually start at... Brumby's playing the Rebels first up, is that what I saw? Uh, reds, 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 Reds. Why you have uh, Away at the Highlanders round two. They don't play in round one. Fuck, oh. Not the best time to have a bye at all. No. That's um, unfortunate. I don't know. I think with the Reds, I, I'm not, I don't have the guts to say how I think they'll go, but I think it'll either be Rocks or Diamonds. I don't reckon they'll have a middle-of-the-run season. I reckon they will either come together and he's really built something here, or I reckon... I'll stick my neck on the line. They'll be second bottom of the Australian Conference. Who's the bottom? Sunwolves. Oh, yeah, obviously. All right, you reckon the Reds at the bottom? Yeah. Oh, wow, all right. Yeah, Jim, it's, a, it's a wild state, That's early. I'll go, I'll on go. rocks or diamonds on I'll, the Reds. I'll go. I'll go for it. Jim, who are you on? Well, I don't yeah. know. What tar team's showing up, man? Now, what? Well, will we jump down to the tars? Tarland? Yeah, sure. And the tar, the tars just won't finish bottom. They'll, they'll no, just, I think they'll someone will throw a cash at it and they'll come up. Well, oh, I actually think the tars fifteen is probably the best in the Australian Conference. I reckon the Brumbies might end up at the bottom. Well, we'll get there. We're doing the tars now, Jim. Don't jump all around, Jim. That's I jump. Nice. I jump. We're very structured here, don't you know that? <laughs> um, I think the tars fifteen is awesome. I don't think the thirty is even okay. So I think for the tars, the dog shit, mate. It's all going to come down to keeping players on the field. Because if you think about it, that back line could be Gordon or Fibs. It could be Foley. Could be Beal. Could be Carmichael. Could be Rona. Could be Falau. Could be Adam Ashley Cooper. Could be like, other Falau. No shit. <laughs> um, star studded. Like that's fucking ridiculous. The back row. You're gonna have Hooper. You're gonna have um, who have they got? They probably didn't have Will Miller as well. Yeah, and yeah, who looked great in the mm. trial. But um, they've got two other guns in the back row as well. Do you reckon? Sorry, that, before, who am I thinking? Who am I forgetting? Before we go there, do you think Jed, it's going to be a Jed? big? No, I was going to say it's going to be a big, big season for him. He's either don't know. Well, the talk is Holloway's training at second row because the Wallabies have got interest in him there, which is fucking crazy. It's ridiculous. It's too small. Yeah. But I think for the Tars, they have back rollers for days. They mm. do not. The, the, where the Tars scare me Hooper. is the tie five. Yeah. But, but that's Hooper, always... Hannigan, and who's the, oh, and Dempsey, the back mm. row. There's mm. a good back row for Super Rugby. Um, Tight five is They just won't figure me. out who's the best two until round ten, man. No, but and you get Latu sure. and Kepu up front, sick, but your front row has only played 60 minutes. My Who the fuck's coming on? The thing will be, though, if you've got to remember... Matty Ryan. Is he still knocking about? I just think he's knocking about. Is he knocking about? I think so. Yeah. But he's can I just say, it, it's, it's, it's the games that are going to be against each other. So even if you get to round ten and you, have, and you work it out at round ten, you've still got a chance to still... Finishing top of the Australian Conference because you would have played away in New Zealand and Australia and South Africa, so you've mm. still got time to beat the other teams in your conference. Yeah. It's how you play against your own. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. and I think I think the Tars. Um, let's make or break for Gibson. Let's be honest. I think if if they stay fit, 
they're going to be very fucking good. If a couple of those key blokes go down or get rested for the Wallabies, I don't know how much they've got in the sheds. I think you're placing too much emphasis on Adam Ashley Cooper's input. I'm not placing any. I, I reckon he starts on the bench. You named him a star. I think he historically he's a star. Is. He's a star, but I reckon he's going to do three world cups, gonna, mate. Going to sneak third cousins into into hotel rooms and shit. That's what he's coming to do. <laughs> I disagree, Matt. I just reckon you play just for the his record, class. Super rugby, fine. Does it, do you reckon there's going to be a change, well, a change in culture at the Tars with the influx of maybe some other? Pl- I think it definitely like, would have been addressed because they they need to turn a new leaf over here. And like literally, the success of the game hinges on their performance, um, which is a lot of responsibility absolutely. and harsh to say. Now, talk go back to the the back row. Uh, obviously, Michael Wells is still part of the Waratahs squad, but he's obviously playing sevens at the moment. Um, do you think he'll be better for his experience whilst, whilst playing sevens? I don't know if he's going back to the Tars. Oh, is he? Or is st- he st- st- I think he's, he's staying on the circuit. Oh, really? He's still, still in the official. Much weight, or is he still in the squad? He's still in the squad, as far well, as I'm aware. Oh, I think he. I think he would be better, but I think the Tars problem size. Mm. And him dropping 10 kilos... It's not the answer. It's not the answer. Um, but I think Hannigan, Dempsey, Hooper, Holloway, Miller, that's a good back row. Yeah, mm. and if they've been training with the team the entire off-season while old mate's running around the circus... Looking very athletic. Very well. athletic. Looks fucking you know, fit. Yeah, shredded. Yeah. Amazing body. But... All right, Jim. <laughs> up and about. Sitting yeah. in the shower. I'm up and about. Um, Tars for me, it's size and type five. That's always been the case, isn't that's, it? That's where they're gonna, if they if they had the Reds type five, oh no worries. They got pushed off the ball for an entire season. I don't think a sevens player is the answer. Like you think of Quagga Smith, that dude was that, that was a nugget. Former sevens player, he was though. fucking huge. <laughs> former sevens. I know player. he's a former sevens. All right, you that, didn't you? Jim? No, they brought him up for that reason. All right, Liam Squire, former sevens player. Yeah, but they put weight on. <laughs> You're walking into this, Jim. Did they? Did they come yeah, straight from the circus to, circus to the squad? The circuit. Well, Blake called it a circus before. Oh, right. You like that? Yes. He's running with it. Yeah. Did they? They yeah. literally like checked out, bundied off, and then bundied just, on. At just the changed shirts, man. At half time, they're that fit. No, they probably look. Liam Squire's a lot probably bigger than what he was when he was playing New Zealand sevens, but. Um, I don't know. I just think for him, yes, he probably has to put on a few kgs, but I, th- I think he'd be better. I think the interesting one for the Tars is that South African boy that they signed, the young fella, who's a fucking giant. 145 kilograms or something, yeah. wasn't it? Someone yeah. said? Skeleton 2.0, man. Uh, but I tell you, that's what they need, mate. They need some bulk. They need some, some man meat in that second row. Mm. Um, but he, fuck, he looks young. I don't know if he's in good Young and needs player. coaching. Is he getting good coaching there? No. What are you um, just talking about type 5 and going forward, though? You look at Robertson, Kapu, um, Latu. Is that? Um, uh, do you see that as their strength? Their front yeah. Their, this is what I'm saying. Their 15 holds up, yeah. and I just who are the replacements? Mm. And then one of them's injured for four weeks because mm. the Tars. The other problem is they're just fucking old. They are, and they don't perform well in the blue, man. Like they just don't. Like we're talking about them as if they're fucking. Wait, they just top the Aussie conference every year. That's the Aussie conference, man. Okay, so they're ways. What, what, I don't know what your standard. I is. just think you're expecting huge things. No, I'm just, not. But I, to I, I will back them to win the Aussie conference again. I don't want them to. Brumbies is my heart, and Rebels is my hype train this year. Definitely, are. we're all on the hype train this year. But I'm going but I just Rebels think, to win. I just think I'm going Tars too. I'm going Tars too. You just hate them, Jim. I've done them too! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, probably the task to win the conference. You have to say that. You have to you say have to. 
In yeah. a one, one-on-one battle. Rebels probably. I want the Rebels to do it. Same here. Over the Tars. Yeah. Well, no, I, I like the Tars. I'm not a hater like you two. No, he's the hater. Yeah, I'm on the fence. <laughs> I roll. I'm Team Brumbies. But Tars too. Someone, someone, someone write this down, man. This will be fun to do in eight months. Oh well. So far, what have you said about the Reds? You didn't give a prediction, and then and just to let you know, we don't need it's, it's audio. I'm going Tars. We don't, we don't uh, need to write Tars two, Reds third from the bottom. Brumby's Re- bottom, Rebels I'm going top. Brum, Brumby's bottom. Are you? Are we just? Are we ex- all just exclude something? Yeah, <laughs> we're, just, we're just skipping this at the end. The yeah. predictions, you know yeah. it now. You're yeah. excited. Yeah, no. just jumping. And yeah. Brumby's last, I reckon. <laughs> and it's not even in order. No, it's just a random order. Third from the bottom, fourth from the top. How many teams are in this gym? I thought you wanted me, my, me, me to talk about it. You know why you're shitting on the Taj when you think we're going to come second? <laughs> because money, they'll sign. They've done their signings. They've got the wealth of the shoot shield talent. Come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parky Kari next to Gibsons. Gibbos. So just to confirm. It's hard to follow, Richard. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah, confirm. Are we doing predictions now or later? We'll do them later. We'll do them later. Like okay. the oh, we're not doing them now. Oh, I thought we were doing them now. <laughs> oh, oh right, right. So do you want to move on to the... Um, uh, well, should Re- we get... Yeah, Rebels. 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 Rebels this year. I mean, the Rebels Rebels is, will be at the top. It's the fucking... Oh, so we are predicting now. <laughs> fucking A, this guy. The Rebels are Ted DiBiase, mate. How's he fucking come back from holiday wanting structure? What's that all about? No, no. Slap I just would like to be able to follow the conversation, and you make that hard. <laughs> you went me for not placing the um, the reds in the in the scheme of things, so I just started to, and then you told me to stop. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll if jump. You're, if you're still listening, well done. <laughs> we'll jump to the rebels now. The rebels are the million dollar man. I am. They've signed everyone. Mm. Their team looks fucking ridiculous, and they're performing in the trials. Whilst not playing ten of the best players, I actually think that the best coach of any of the Super Rugby sides, from what I've seen, demonstrated. I think there's fucking potential. They're trying I, to I create a fan base. I don't too. know if the old dogs, Genia and Cooper, can still do it, but fuck, when they're on form, mate, they are world class nine and ten. And mm. Genia still is. The jury's out on Quaid. Yeah, that my, my um, I would just add to that. The last time they played together was over the Reds, and it didn't quite work out, but. Um, it's a pretty average red side. Exactly. So I think we've got to give them the benefit of the doubt that those two have played well together. Um, and I, I, but I'm also excited for that Rebels team that I feel that they've got a, a much better set of forwards this year to give them a, a better platform. And they would have benefited last year from playing together. And with the introduction, yes, Murphy's a massive loss, but Nasserani's signing's given him a lot, but he's got big shoes to fill. That's a... That was terrible by the Brumbies, letting him yeah, go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely terrible. That's a big, big signing. Mm. Um, What's working for Quaid in this scenario is two things. He's a momentum guy. Yeah. So he's in a positive atmosphere environment where he's wanted, and that's a good front foot, mm. um, especially playing well in the trials. And he's fucking got something to prove because he didn't play last year. Mm. I think what also works for Quaid is he's a bloke who's always played well with ball runners outside him. Mm. When he's paired up with another ball player, he gets a bit cross-fieldy. He needs guys hitting lines, and fuck does he have some ball runners outside him. Well, tw- surely Meeks is just play... To begin with, Meeks will play at 12, surely, and just... You think so? Or, Ho- or Hodge. What about Meeks Tamur? Or Hodge? Tamur on this? Nah, he's no. still in Europe. I think it's last two games, yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, the world's um, dodgiest signing that he could play for the Wallabies last year because he signed for the yeah. Rebels. So when's CJ? Like, literally the last few games of the season. 
fuck, that's weird. So he can play in the World Cup afterwards. Um, all sorts of dodge. But anyway, moving on. But mm. you're still going to have Meeks or Hodge at 12. Mm. Um, both can run a line. Do, is this... Is this like a big season for Reese Hodge. Like he's got to find out richly, really where the best place for him to play is, and try and hone his game surrounding that position. It is, but I think the question marks the broken ankle. Mm. Um, just how does he? Come, if he comes back from that, the player he was, you're absolutely right. This is the season for him, mm. and he, he could be, become world class um, if everything goes right. But. I, I don't know. That's a pretty significant injury. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Particularly as a... I'm going to put it out. As a, as, a, as a runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Completely. Um, I'm excited about that, that, that back line, though. For I'm excited. Corbetti, DHP. It's just ridiculous. Mm. Can I ask you, going, going two steps ahead to the Wallabies with DHP. Does he get told this year now with a more centralised system, uh, you, play on, you play on the wing? And you play, or you play Maddox on the wing, like, because he's not going to play as fullback for the Wallabies, oh, is he? I forgot about that cat, man. He's a good player too, isn't he? I'm still not convinced that he's not our best fullback. Okay, then, then that's fine. So then you go back Tell to Flau. the other to tell Flau. No, I don't think so. I think that, just because we're think in the, this centralized system now. So I think the the similarities between a wing and fullback are enough that they should be able to transition. I haven't played either position. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> They're similar. <laughs> <laughs> Insightful. Thanks, Jim. Um, the the question mark for the Rebels is going to be f- up front. But I like the sign. You got Luke Jones. You got Matt Phillip. You got Adam Coleman in the row. You got it's the row. It's up it's front. Nasserani. You got uh, yeah. No. It's up front. But it's got, the front three that worries me. Yeah. Ulysses, absolutely. I've got a bit of confidence in him. He's still only twenty two. Yeah, but even now you got um, Abel. Um, yeah, but what are, who are the props? Yeah, that's true. Actually, Talakai. He's okay. Like they, they're Daily. young, young bucks. Yeah. Is, is Daly still knocking about? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is he knocking about? But so. none of these guys are scrummagers. Mm. None of these guys are one thirty. No. That's uh, where um that's where I worry for the rebels if they will be able to match it. Similar problem to the Tars in that respect. Mm. Um, both got good back rows, but I think they got a better second row than the Tars. Oh, the, well, the Tars second Don't row is probably <laughs> was was it? Didn't it be Simmons and Staniforth the yeah, Tars yeah. second row? Um, so I'm, dead, I, apparently. I'm excited for the Rebels, but I'm, I'm concerned scrum time, mall time, uh, around the fringes of the ruck. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I don't know what trickle down that has onto the rest of the back line. I think um, look, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be too defeatist for the for Australian rugby, but so let's just stay a bit positive. I'm excited about the Rebels. I'm fo- no, but I'm saying this yeah. is this is going to be their Achilles heel. That backline is um, absurd. But, but I think the the not the litmus test immediately because obviously it's only round one. But I think for the, if they go down to Canberra and win round one in uh, that way game, I think that just sets them on the right foot. I think if they lose that game, I think they suddenly start to to think, oh, is it going to be another one of those seasons? I love that game though because it is. In MMA terms, mate, it's the grappler versus the striker. The the fucking Brumbies mm. will match it up front. Mm. Their tight five's legit, and they've got Pocock at seven. Mm. They will play very tight. Yeah. But they this will... is but this is the Brumbies who are going to finish, like, bottom of the oh, conference, yeah? Jimba, yeah. Um, versus the Rebels, who I think you're going to want to give it some air. So mm. it's going to be really, really interesting. And you it's think be... it, that time of the year, the team playing it tight, it's going to be it's cold. It's going to have the advantage, be, isn't it? Yeah, even though it's summer, it's still going to be cold in Canberra. And you don't <laughs> I think it's it, quite it? hot in Canberra. It's down there recently. <laughs> right now, it's fucking very hot. Oh, is hot it? Oh, okay. Too. You can tell I've not been to Canberra. <laughs> but I just think early season, it's usually the tighter teams that probably... Right. Should we move on to... Should we segue nicely into the Brumbies? So who you got Rebels to top the conference, Jim? Yeah, I'm going for it. That's a bit of a... 
want in there over expectation. So you're back on the Tars to win it? No, man. They're, they're <laughs> coming too. Tars are too. You saying they shit? I don't know, man. You just don't know. You fucking don't know who's rocking up. And that's right. Any sort of prediction is pretty absurd before the the first four rounds. You know very little, and I reckon all the superstars aren't even fit in the first four rounds. No. They've come into camp so late. And you've done lots of training as well, lots of just running. Yeah, yeah, lots of fitness. And match fitness is a hard thing to create too, outside of oh, actually completely. playing. You know, it's very different to actually playing a game than what it is running. And and the superstars tend to get rested, man, mm. in uh, the trials. Um. Brumbies, 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 Brumbies. I think they've been the the fucking quiet nothing in the off season. Mm. There's there's no other than James Slipper. There's not a lot of excitement or buzz going on down there. And as you mentioned, losing Nasrani, it's just it just seems like fucking terrible, crazy. terrible. Yeah. But they still have. I don't. Know, it's like they have a ten players who two or three years ago were exceptional. If they can find that form again, that Brumby side is still fucking legit. Oh, yeah, definitely. But if they if they play the form they've had for the last year or two... Ugh. Are you excited about the progression? Banks has signed on again this year. Is he someone who... Not you pin your hopes on, obviously. I'm not well, they that. have, haven't they? Yeah. They're leaning on him a bit now. Well, he's sort of the only next-gen. Everyone else, Kurandrani, who looked amazing in the trial games I'm really excited to see him get a full season he's just out of form for a year or so there if we get fucking big Kurandrani back to his yeah, best so you get the K train running on the track he's a fucking machine a, Jesus that's something that you can build a team around form Richard. Henry Spates <laughs> absurd thanks Jim yeah. um, the old team can get on that train 100% and Henry Spate he's reactive as a bit over proactive so he's if K train runs and does his thing you find a bit of room for old H. And Spade. then and then you get Henry Spade. Yeah. Plus he doesn't have to tackle yeah. <laughs> either, is does he? And, yeah, but no, very much so. So it, a lot relies on those stars actually performing. Yes. Yeah, and I think that's what the Brumbies everything's going to come down to. If their big players fire, they've fucking still got a really good squad, for sure. Mm. Um, what is that? What's the first choice though? If you got um, my my concern is again, I'm I, I'm unsure what their first choice team is. Like who's who's running on at ten, for example? I reckon Hawera's ten, Leofano's twelve. Yeah, I that's what they're doing. I reckon that's what they're doing. And then I reckon Kurandrani thirteen. When's Tamura coming back? Bang, he's coming. Rebels. Oh, of course he is. Sorry, yeah. 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 Um, so that's a good backline, and they've they've got the Kiwi at nine now. Yeah. Um, they signed old mate who looks really really good. Yeah. Pulu? Yeah. No. Pulu. 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 Yeah. Tony. Tony. Who looks hey. quality? You got Pocock at seven. You've still got fucking the Arnold brothers. There's the front racer. James Slipper. Chance Penny Chance on the Penny's other wing. a superstar too. Joe Powell's come along too. Isn't he? Yeah. And then you've got fucking James Slipper, mate. The most underrated wallaby for the last very long time. Salmon's so first year in a uh, Australian franchise. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see him have a full season with Pocock, see if they can build... This is the thing, though. The Brumbies... If you just start listing boys, names, you're like, wait, shit. wait a minute, they're not going to last. All of those blokes you named, when and Valentini, I'm super excited for. He's the future of Oz Rugby, mate. He's a gun. And uh, you know what? Maybe that's why Nasrani had to go, because you want that guy playing every fucking minute. And do you know what? If you actually have Pocock on one, one side Samo of the wing, and then Samo on the other. Yeah, that's actually... The Arnold brothers, James you, Slipper. You really think bottom of the Australian conference? I don't know, not now, because, mate. <laughs> because got when was too. the last time these blokes were in form? Yeah, and, and you know what, not only that... Name them all. Pocock's the only one. But not only that, it's when they're all fit and all on the park at the mm. same time. 
They've all been injured. So I'm, I, mate, I am fucking bleeding blue, white, and yellow for the Super Rugby season. My Brumbies jersey will be on every week. I'm up and about too. Laurie but Fisher. Ju- had yeah, I'm roll. happy he's back, but I'm just. They have been so lacklustre just for two so years. Boring. Uninspiring. Oh, uninspiring. But that's his personality, Larkin, mate. So fucking hell. I reckon he Rebels paint to dry. Is that what's that? Is that what's going wrong with the Wallabies now? Yeah. <laughs> well, we did say that a couple of times, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, Rebels could be walking into an ambush. They could mm. do. Fuck, that's a good game. I just yeah. hate it. They're my two teams this year. Yeah, and look, that's... all my speculation. So you, 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 you're kicking the Tars. At, no, uh... no, I think Tars still win the other <laughs> I'm going Brumbies. I want Brumbies 1, Rebels 2, Reds 3. Ah, oh, fuck, Reds, Tars, whatever. Whoever yeah. plays better gets it. I don't care. Okay. That's who I want. You're going Reds 1. No, that's who I... No, no. You're way off. Way off. You're way off. You're way off. Seriously. Oh, you got to get behind the cake train and the Henry Spade to shut <laughs> the gate. you got lost. Henry Spade will shut the gate. <laughs> Bumby's 1. Oh, Jesus. Oh, dear. Um, other, other news. We've got Kurtley in, in a few cocaine videos. Playing didgeridoos with vacuums. That guy can do whatever he wants, How man. is fucking Teflon Kirtley, mate? Whatever he wants. Nothing sticks. If James O'Connor did 5% of what Kirtley Beale did... He did. That's why he's been <laughs> travelling around Europe all his career. Could you Europe imagine? Kirtley Beale has ended coaches. Yeah. I, I, I don't want him to dive any deeper than No. I no, I, and whatever, mate. He didn't... There's nothing incriminating in the, the video. Whatever. I'm glad it's by the by. And it was five years ago. Whatever. But Jesus, nothing sticks with that bloke. He, no. he gets away with anything. Murder. Absolute murder. Now, the tax man. If you went to his agent, the tax, well, his they... tax man, <laughs> there would be some dodgy receipts. What, what percentage is that tax man getting, eh? <laughs> um, More than eight. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I just said his name. Is it anyone else? I reckon I'm the only bloke in Australia. And everyone will say, shut the fuck up. Anyone else a little bit sad? James O'Connor's not back for the Yeah, it's, it's real sad. The whole thing is sad. The fact that he... Do, I reckon he feels like he can't. Yeah, like the whole country just turned on him. And if, if you follow him on social media, that guy's turned his life around since his last injury. Mm. My memory of him is that kid getting charged down yeah, the try. Yeah, no, it wasn't pretty, the no. way he left Australia. But I think a guy with his talent, it's real sad that he's not at a Super Rugby team in a World Cup year. He's, so, he's so, okay. right in the prime his but, age. Oh. I feel like we take some stabs in the dark here. So what is the reason why? He's just got murdered by the press here and, and by the Australian that, fans. And I think he was a fucking dickhead from all accounts. And yeah. no one wants him in their team. And if he is, fair play. But yeah, mate, but he's, mate, 30. Is he? yeah, he's an old... He's 30, Richard. Yeah, he's an old fella. move on. How old's Quaid? I don't know, 30 times. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're, they're all young to me. Right? Uh, uh, how about the Kiwi Conference? How's that shaping up? Uh, Murderers row, mate. Yeah. Well, who, who are you going to go, Jim? Top. I don't. I, it's too. I can't. I can't. You can't get. Any I can't, further. and I won't. Crusaders. How can yeah, I was going to say. I'm going okay. Crusaders. Top. Yeah. Their oh, forward packs just, just insane. Good. Insane. You just never know with them. They'll just each team will have three dudes who've been killing it in the minor ten that I don't know about, who are just the best players I've ever seen. Yeah. The 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 Super Rugby's crept up on us, and I haven't been following the ins and outs of the New Zealand squads, but. It's hard to expect anything other than dominance and destruction in a World Cup year. But that's cool because I like that shit because when the, the South African teams come out, you're like, who's this Bucky? Buck? Yeah, yeah, and you He's learn. Gone, and then you look him up and then you see. I think I, the I like that sad bit. thing for New Zealand, it happens every World Cup year, but it gets a little worse every one. It's just how many players are overseas next year. 
Mm. Just they've all signed. Mm. Fuck, let's not mourn it yet. No, mm. all right, all right. It's just I hate it. Um, I hate how it. are you going to feel, by the way, both of you, when uh, the Chiefs run out and Debrasini's wearing ten and he is playing a dream? And you like, reckon so he's run, is he running no, on? No, he's 10? not running on. I'm saying he's going to come on at some point, obviously, and he looks like the best fly half since sliced bread. Like, what's that going to? Yeah, do? I, and I. I'm not, it's not like he didn't get a go here, man. Yeah, but... I would say just the platform set by a New Zealand set of forwards is a lot better and it gives you a little bit more time to play. And, and we said Debrasini's got a really good long passing game, a phenomenal long kicking game, and he's a big bloke. Mm. So if you could, boy, you could train him to stand in the traffic and play quite flat, mm. um, if you've got the right coach behind the right pack, yeah, he's, he's a super player. Mm. And I, I reckon... I get it why the Rebels... You've just signed Quaid. Tamura's on his way back. I get it. You've got a surplus of tens. Maddox can mm. probably be a playmaker. DHB can be a playmaker. Debrasini's probably surplus to needs. Mm-hmm. But Is it's a real shame. Why not? Dane Hale at Betty. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a real shame. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see him in Queensland competing with Hamish Stewart. Yeah. It's it's a shame, mate. It's yeah, a shame. That's, mm. I think that's a good. It hurts spot more than fucking Europe or Japan. The, the other, but the other side of the coin is with Hamish Stewart at uh, Queensland. For him to grow as a as a as a player, he's young. He needs to be playing. Is he going to get much on um, being second, playing second fiddle? I don't know. I reckon Debrasini would be second fiddle to Hamish. No, no, Stewart. no, no. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Yeah, playing okay, second violin. Yeah, I reckon mm-hmm. Hamish Stewart's quality player. I'm yeah, interested. Uh, Mac Mason at the Tars. Yeah. He's, Mate, he's been a freak forever, but yeah. we just haven't seen him at that level. No. So I, I reckon Foley will rest a bit yeah. with the long season with the World Cup. I reckon he'll get some minutes, mm-hmm. and he's got a good backline to see around if the forwards instead of platform. Yeah. Do you want to move on to Kane's Tars first game? Are you on every super team? I don't know. Or do you want to just do it quickly? Well, we've still got another weekend, don't we? Before oh, yeah, to sure. preview the actual games. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we can do a bit more research on the Kiwis and the Bokkies yeah. before then. Because yeah. once our those interviews are spliced in, this is a long end. Yeah, long end. Yeah. To long end. Do you want to quickly then finish off with either predictions, or we kind of done that no, anyway? That's, no, that's too chaotic. <laughs> Six Nations. All right. I, I would like to hear your opinion very quick on predictions for the Six Nations next week. Because that's where we're at right now. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. Oh, that's okay. I'm not ecstatic, but I will do it. All right. That's for, thanks, boys. <laughs> Appreciate it. Okay, Six Nations next week, round two. First game, kick it to South Scotland, Ireland at Murrayfield. Ireland. I'm Ireland, but not with uh, okay. heaps of confidence. Ireland. Italy, Wales in Italy. Wales. Stadio Wales. Olimpico. Wales. Yeah, Wales. And Engl- I forgot how to lose. And then um, Eng- England, France at, at Twickers, the home of rugby. England. It's got to be. There's no injuries, so it's a, it's a good 15. How did Otoji end up? He was... He yeah, off. he lived off. Yeah. They've uh, got surplus with Courtney Law. How do you end up replacement? He limped off, but he did. He, he should be fine. Bit of ice, strapping. Yeah, it's good. Pliers. No, you never keep that. Yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> yes, you saved it up. Good job. All right, thanks, guys. Look yeah, thanks to for listening. Um, if you're listening for the first time, I don't know if anyone is, but come follow us on Twitter. What's our Twitter? Um, our Twitter is. Hang on one second. While you're doing that, Jim's going to tell everyone what our Instagram is. I think it's the same thing, man. Is it the same thing? If one of you knew, I don't. (laughs) That's what I'm saying.
Our, uh, our, our, it is at rugby underscore podcast is our Twitter. At rugby underscore podcast. Get on there. Let us know anything. We, we are. We need. We need. It'd be great to crack that thousand followers, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 That's when you're a real mover yeah, and shaker. Absolutely. You've got as much as some people's dogs. And then, yeah, I know. And Seriously. then we'll get shirts saying "cracked a thousand. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. And actually, that's important because with the rugby report card shirts, Jim, update for the new year. Well, they came in time for Christmas, thank God, but. I did my Christmas shopping quite late and had to hand them out to every family member. Oh, so right, we're out. So yeah, what are we doing for this year? Yeah, because we have seventy-seven followers on the Rugby Report. Seventy-seven shirts, isn't it? On on Instagram, I think they all would all like. If a you shirt. want a shirt, at us on Twitter or Instagram, and Jim, yeah, Jim's absolutely. personal account because he's in charge of the shirts. Yeah. We told him that two years ago. Yeah, I've started a bank account up with um, uh, Bank West, <laughs> and no, it's all good. So it's coming along. It's, I so, just need designs. The designs that I've put in, they've actually said are a bit too shit. All right. So we need someone to just literally, whoever's artistic out there, put something together. It doesn't even matter. Okay. Mine's horrific. It's R-R-C. That's it. <laughs> One's capital, the other is not. <laughs> it's real bad. Sounds great. You're a visionary, man. Yeah, I know. Um... <laughs> Thanks for listening for this long and um, stay with us for the season. Plenty more rugby to go. We're very excited. Yeah. Hey, Rev. All right, catch ya.